Hello, everyone. This is Jackson Swearer, entrepreneur and navigator for Startup Hutch, and your host for The Hot Seat. This month, I sat down with Kevin Evenson, who owns Sleep Haven in Haven, Kansas, along with his wife. Sleep Haven was started in 1969 and has been successfully owned and operated by Kevin for going on 12 years. In our conversation, Kevin shares some of his great insights about business ownership from his 12 years of ownership and 27 years of experience in the manufacturing industry. Listeners thinking about starting or buying a business should consider Kevin's advice about the importance of cash flows and having good mentors. And I was personally struck by Kevin's emphasis on reinvesting in his business and taking the long view. I hope you'll take a listen and then tell us what your favorite nugget of wisdom was from this successful entrepreneur. All right, to get us started, can you please tell us your name and the business that you own? Sure. I'm Kevin Evenson, and my wife and I own Sleep Haven in Haven, Kansas. All right. How long have you owned Sleep Haven? A little over 11 years. All right, great. And my understanding is that it's been around for a little bit longer than that. So how long has Sleep Haven been in business? So two great things happened in 1969. U.S. put a man on the moon, and Sleep Haven was founded. All right. At that time, the name of the company was Imperial Sleep Products. Okay. When did it transition to being Sleep Haven? When we acquired when you it in it. 2012. Yep. All right. Very good. So what made you um, decide that you wanted to own this business? Was this your first foray into business ownership or had you worked management position here before? I'm always interested into how people get into an ownership position in businesses like these. I worked for 27 years for a large uh, industrial multinational company. Uh, in manufacturing most of that time. And the last about 10 years, I was doing a lot of travel, two to three weeks a month. And we had a daughter at home and it was just getting too much. So I knew, knew I needed to do something different. And I also wanted to do something where I could put into practice a lot of the things that I'd learned in my career in manufacturing. So I started looking for small manufacturing businesses. What were some of the things you were most interested in putting into practice? The lean manufacturing practices that I'd learned. In my previous job, I was uh, basically a manufacturing consultant within the company. So I traveled to a lot of our other manufacturing plants and helped them with their manufacturing practices. Okay, very good. So kind of streamlining things, reducing costs, that kind of thing. Right. Yep. Excellent. It's been 11 years. How is it? How's it going? It's, uh, it's been a lot of up and downs. Uh, COVID, as you probably know, was a game changer, and it certainly was in our industry. And um, at that time, during COVID, it was very good for us, actually. Uh, everything related to the home just went crazy that year, including mattresses, because people couldn't travel. And then uh, after COVID, it has dropped down a lot. So we're, we had a big peak during COVID, and then the whole industry has, has really... Uh, drop back the last year, year and a half. To what would you ascribe the the drop? I think I understand the 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 peak because mm-hmm. everybody's stuck at home and they now they're laying in their bed a lot more. They realize mm-hmm. that maybe we need a better mattress. Um, so what what do you think is is causing the other side of that? In other words, why wasn't it just a return to normal? Two things. One, people are. There was a bottled up demand for travel. People had been home for two years and they were ready to travel. So there's a lot more of their budget, their discretionary income used for travel. And then inflation. 
Uh, people are just having a hard time buying groceries and gas. How has inflation impacted you? Is it hurting you on the supply chain side or are you seeing your prices having to increase? What's the, been the impact for you? During COVID, our whole industry, yeah, our raw material price increases, we were getting um, weekly, almost daily price increases from suppliers. So I would say during that time uh, in our industry, raw material prices went up 30, 40%. Wow, that can be a big hit. Mm-hmm. How did you manage that with your own pricing strategy? And uh, you know, obviously, you have to pass that along to customers somehow. But that's not often easy to do to when you're looking at that big of increases in supply costs. Yeah, looking back, we probably um, didn't didn't react fast enough with those price increases. We, I'm just hesitant to increase prices for my customers, but. After a point, you just have to. So yeah, a lot. It did have to get passed on. Yeah. So maybe a little bit too slow. Is there a? I'm wondering if there's a. You could package that into a lesson for our listeners, for maybe the the folks who haven't been around manufacturing around business for as, so long, but are in some kind of retail sales type of situation. How do you, as an as an experienced business owner, even acknowledging that you sometimes don't even get it right, how do you approach that kind of decision making? Well, uh, cash flow is of extreme importance, of course. And uh, when your raw material prices go up, uh, it's got to come from somewhere. So you can look for efficiencies, but at some point you you have to pass that on. Uh, and it, you do a disservice even to your customers if you don't, because you can make your own business unhealthy and that can affect your customers as well. So how did you learn how to manage the cash flow? Was that something that you just picked up along the way or do you have some special training for that? With the company I worked at for many years, I had uh, profit loss responsibility for several product lines. I worked uh, up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then transferred to Hutchinson. So a variety of positions where I did have responsibility for the, for budgeting and, and uh, expenses as well as profit. So some some good hands-on experience was the teacher for that. Yeah, very good. For sure. You know, you mentioned COVID, inflation, supply chains increasing. What have been some of the other barriers that you've run into to making progress and growing the business like you'd like along the way in the last 11 years? Uh, the industry is very competitive. Mattresses don't travel well in that they're very bulky and fairly low value. So even large... Um, large brands of mattresses have regional plants. So there's like in our, our brand is Restonic and we have 13 manufacturing plants in the U.S. and that's fairly typical. Another kind of game changer in our industry, and it happened around the time of COVID, was the advent of online mattress brands where they're online only. So that quickly increased to probably 30 to 30 plus percent of the total market. So that was a game changer. Now, since then, since COVID, those brands have been uh, really pursuing getting their products in brick and mortar stores because it does turn out that most people want to try their mattress before they buy it. And even though uh, online sales seems like it's a more efficient model than a brick and mortar store, there's some unique um, significant costs for that. The cost to acquire a customer online increased significantly. And um, because customers don't have an opportunity to try the mattress first, they have to have very, very generous return policies. So uh, the cost of returns gets to be very significant. So it turns out that that model is not necessarily a lot more efficient than brick and mortar. And that's why they're 
really trying to get their products into physical stores. It's interesting how things evolve and change in business over time. They are coming to you in a way. They're coming back to the brick and mortar, these online brands. Are you going to them at all? Are you selling online? They're not coming to us. They're coming to our customers. I so our, see. Our customers, our customers would be furniture stores, sleep shops, um, in a, and we service a four-state area, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, a little bit of Wyoming. So that's a key distinction. I think it's important. I want to stick on that for a moment. So your primary customer are themselves the the retailers. Do you sell any mattresses direct to a consumer? No, we don't. Okay. Uh, for a few years, uh, because we didn't have a retailer in Hutchinson, which we kind of consider our hometown along with Haven, uh, we ran quarterly uh, factory direct sales so that folks in this area could have an opportunity to buy our, our products at a good price. But we don't want to compete with our retailers, and we do have retailers in Hutchinson, so uh, we've discontinued that. And we're really not set up to sell retail. That's an interesting distinction in the business model because your customers are themselves always businesses, right? So how do you go about developing the relationships that you need with the other business owners, the purchasing managers, so that you can get your product out the door? Is that something that you have to do? Does your brand help you with that? Talk to me a little bit about that. It's, uh, it's me. It's going out and visiting our customers and prospecting uh, new customers, as well as our sales team. We have a team of three uh, sales representatives uh, um, in different regions. And so they are going out and, and it's, it's relationships. Um, our business is relationships. You mentioned Restonic is primarily the brand that you sell. Do they provide you with some of the sales materials or do you have to generate that in-house? Yes, they do a lot of the product development, although we do some of our own product development and they provide a lot of marketing materials and online digital assets as well. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued in that. I think our listeners might be too. Talk to me a little bit more about product development. What does it look like to try to sort of continuously improve mattresses? Uh, in our industry, we say that the look is the hook, but the feel is the deal. And so um, the look of the mattress is very important. It follows trends. Uh, the last one was the shades of gray. Now it's moving into the blues. And then the materials themselves, there are different innovations, uh, especially in so the, the two main uh, raw materials that we use are uh, pocket coils and springs and different types of foams. And so there have been some innovations in both those areas. And being small, we're pretty quick. We can pivot to new technologies very quickly. That would seem to me to be an advantage for you. Are you smaller than the average mattress manufacturer? We are. A lot of uh, mattress plants are 20 to $40 million plants, and, and we're less than $5 million. So yeah, we, we're small, but we can move quickly. Okay. To give that a little bit of context about how many mattresses a year is that? Hmm. Or, or, per, or pick, yeah. a, pick a time scale yeah. that's easier per, for you. Per day, we, uh, in COVID, we were probably up to around 150 per day. Now it's probably more like 75 per day. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's still a lot more yeah. than, than I might have imagined uh, mm -hmm. mattresses you could make in a day. How many people do you employ to make that many mattresses? We have uh, around 15 employees, but that includes our sales and, and delivery drivers. Okay. Now, how many people work in the plant? Uh, eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. 
Have you had been suffering from any of the issues that other people talk about, staffing, recruitment, any of those challenges? We have. Yeah, it's been a real issue the last couple of years. We've implemented uh, two across the board uh, wage increases to keep up with uh, wages in the area. Uh, we've added a, a health savings account benefit with uh, a matching uh, dollar amount every month. And we have really focused on hiring people from Haven because we do feel that um, Haven employees are, mo are more likely to stay long term. Uh, in fact, we don't even recruit out of Wichita because the probability that they're going to stay long term is pretty low. So Haven Hutchinson area is where we recruit from. What have been some of the biggest and best opportunities that have come your way that you've been able to grab onto? Anything that sticks out for you in the last 11 years? Yeah, probably a game changer for our company was uh, developing a private label collection for a local um, mattress chain, mattress store chain, uh, where we co-develop the products and they sell it under their own brand. And that's grown to now be... Uh, about 35% of our overall sales are private label. Excellent. That's cool. So do you uh, get a little bit of margin on, on that, those products, or is that just a way for you to increase your volume, create some consistency? It's a way to um, get onto those floors uh, ah. because uh, some, some of these stores like to have something to offset these major brands because for the major brands, a lot of these stores aren't, aren't that meaningful to them, and they can be... Uh, and, and also with our pro with their private private label products, um, those products can't be shopped and purchased anywhere else. Mm. Okay, so it's a way for you to get in with the retailers. Exactly. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Anything else that has gone particularly well? Maybe not an opportunity, but just a, a choice that you've made that you look back on and say, "Oh, I'm glad I did that." During COVID, it, since it was uh, a very good period of time for us, we took the opportunity to invest back in our business. So we acquired a good amount of new capital equipment that has given us new capabilities and uh, also uh, better efficiencies in our processes. Is that a general uh, attitude that you have to try to reinvest the profits back in the business? Or was that just a the right time and good opportunities or is that kind of, that's kind of your attitude. That's, You're that's my, uh, yeah, that, that's the way I, I am. I, I want to keep investing back in the business to grow it. Why, uh, why do you do that? I think that's a wise move, but, but talk to me about why, why you do that. Because I have a long-term view of the business, uh, rather than just, uh, taking profits and milking it out of the business. Um, I want to continue to become more competitive and grow our business. I think that that long-term view is really critical for people who want to be in this entrepreneurship game in the long term. Um, so I think that's great to share. And uh, some of the larger company uh, competitors are uh, traded publicly. And so they are very attuned to stock market uh, prices. So they have to have a fairly short-term view. Right, right. So that's one of the benefits of mm -hmm. your, your small privately mm -hmm. held company, right? You can afford to build a little bit of wealth uh, for you in the way that maybe companies with shareholders have a harder time doing. Have you had any great mentors along the way? Any great advice that you've gotten? It, uh, our industry is a fairly close-knit group. And when I acquired the company, there's a industry expo w where all my peers go as, as well as all my suppliers. And that was where I met all of my uh, the other uh, owners of the Restonic plants. And uh, I've visited 
almost uh, all of the other restonic plants and uh, the other owners have been very good to kind of pull me in and share insights about our industry and about man their manufacturing practices. So I love doing that. And so I have good relationships with the other uh, restonic owners and call them regularly and stop at their plants. So they've, they've been very helpful. I, I think that's a little surprising to me, but that's great to hear that there's great collaboration and cooperation within that group of people. Yeah. One thing I learned pretty quickly is that um, I went out to visit all my customers, to meet all my customers when we first bought the business. And then we went to this expo and I met all the other restonic owners. And I also met all my suppliers there. And I quickly realized that my customers, my peers, and my suppliers are largely all third and fourth generation family businesses. And for me to come from the outside of the industry and, and buy the plant, I, I really stand out. I'm very different from most of the other owners. Has that uh, been a challenge for you? Uh, the challenge was, yes, learning the industry, but they were very helpful for that. The advantage is is that I can see things through different eyes and I can ask questions that um, they maybe wouldn't ask. Uh, and so we've done a few things a little differently um, than than the industry has. And that is interesting. Speaking about other kind of mentors and partnerships that you need, one thing I know all business owners need is you need help on the legal, financial, marketing, all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. who, how do you go about those other professional relationships? Have you found good help there? And, and maybe a good question around that might be, how do you go about acquiring that kind of help and evaluating it as a longstanding successful business? I'll do a little plug here. Uh, I have a, a SCORE mentor. And it was, uh, what was the name of the, now it's incorporated with HCC. Uh, but my, uh, it, I think it originally was a service corps of, of retired, of retirees, mm -hmm. but people who have been uh, professionals in their industry for many years and want to give back to uh, entrepreneurs. And so uh, I have, uh, I don't meet with my mentor regularly, but when I'm stuck or have a particularly challenging problem, I'll call him up and say, hey, you want to have lunch? And uh, a large part of it is just a, he's a good sounding board. And as you explain what issue you have, sometimes it just kind of becomes clear in your own mind what you need to do. But um, my score mentor has been very, very helpful for me. Well, I think that's a great, great plug, Kevin. And, and of course, scores still here and something mm -hmm. that we can try to we try to connect people to at Startup Hutch as well. They have a, a actually a really good, very easy to navigate system to get yourself a mentor right now too. Mm -hmm. So that's something I would encourage for anybody who's both people who are thinking about starting out and also folks like yourself who are in business but who want to have somebody to bounce those ideas off of. That's a great resource, which you can find at score.org backslash find hyphen mentor. I refer people to it so much, Kevin. I know it by heart. They they actually helped me when I first. Um, put together my business plan to buy the business and take out a business loan. They were very helpful to me right from the start. Very good. Very good. Glad to hear it. What have been some of the other lessons that you learned along the way? I would say uh, growing up, my parents did own a business. They owned a Tasty Freeze drive-in. And uh, it wasn't so much the lessons they taught as the lessons that they demonstrated a drive-in restaurant, uh, especially a family-owned restaurant, is kind of unique because it's open for seven months of the year. And we, this was in South Dakota, cold winters. You don't have a drive-in restaurant in January in South Dakota. So they worked 16 hours a day for seven months straight without a day off. 
and then they would have the winter off. And so um, they just showed me what kind of uh, work ethic it takes to succeed in a small business. That's really important. I'm going to pivot to a different topic for us, and we're coming to the end of our conversation. I want to talk to you a little bit about Haven and the community and what you're able to do as a small business owner to give back. So talk to me a little bit about what it means to you to be a part of the Haven business community. When I uh, acquired the business, I didn't even know this business existed in ha Haven. Um, I li we live outside of Hutchinson, and um, because of the heavy travel that I had, I'd drive to the Wichita airport just about every week, and I'd drive down Haven Road, and I, I never even knew where Main Street was. I didn't know what businesses were here. And um, when I bought the business, I went on a, it's a website called bizbysell.com. I don't even know if it's still there. Um, but I just look at it every three or four months and just kind of was casually looking at uh, uh, small manufacturing companies. And this popped up and uh, I thought, Haven, Kansas, manufacturing. I didn't even know it was there. And so you sign a confidentiality agreement and then it tells you that, you know, more about the business and manufacturing, manufacturing in Haven, Kansas. Didn't know about that. Uh, so um, it, it, it turned out that it worked out for us to buy the business and uh, uh, did become more involved in the Haven community. There was a group of business owners that were meeting at the time uh, together regularly. So I got to meet a lot of the other business owners and Haven really welcomed us. We bank here in Haven and um, a lot of times when my wife and I are here either late in the day or on weekends, we'll just uh, bring our tennis shoes and go for a walk through Haven. It's just a very pleasant small town to go for a walk through. So yeah, we've been embraced by the Haven community. I was on the economic development committee for several years um, and uh, got to know a lot more of the community through that as well. That's awesome. Well, I think it's actually one of the, the hidden gems and hidden secrets of Reno County is the strength that we have in some of our smaller communities outside of Hutchinson and these business communities. And so I'm so glad um, that they have you here and that this was a welcoming and supportive small business community for you. As you think about our listeners, maybe people who are just getting ready to start out, um, or maybe people who've been in business for a little while who are trying to think through the next expansion, is there any final thought that you would want to leave our listeners with about being a business owner and an entrepreneur that you think is really important? I think try to get some applicable experience um, in what, whatever area you're going to go into. I, I don't think I'd recommend what I did and come from outside the industry, although the, the manufacturing end translates really well. But I had a, a sales manager when I bought the company who'd been in the industry for close to 50 years with Simmons mattress and with Restonic. And if he hadn't been here, I don't think I would have dared to purchase the business, but because he was here, he could teach me the industry. I could pick up the manufacturing pretty quickly, but, uh, that industry knowledge is indispensable. So, um, yeah, work in the industry if you can, uh, work for other, um, entrepreneurs or business owners in that industry and learn as much as you can from them before you make that leap. All right. That's a great, great tip. And we'll leave it with that. Thanks so much for taking the time and for offering up this space, I should say. Thank you, Kevin. We're in, we're in your office today. So thank I you. appreciate you welcoming us. I enjoyed it. Thanks. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bowercom for the cover art and Christopher Racker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, 
You can find us on our website, StartupHutch.com, or on most social media platforms at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor by sharing the podcast and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. We'll